0: And look out the window, Dan. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas.
1: Can you believe it that we're almost there, Buzz? I'm surprised.
0: We are almost there. So think about this. Mm. Tomorrow, 12 days of Christmas begins. On the first day of Christmas, your true love gives to you. I was lucky. I got to marry my true love. Everybody should be able to marry (laughs) their true love, but uh, we're worried about what's going to happen in the Supreme Court. So I think Congress is getting a little antsy and there's some legislation that's brewing. So who do you talk to when you want to know about such legislation? You talk to our constitutional scholar, our legal professor, emeritus, Bruce Miller. Hello, Bruce. Hey,
2: Buzz. Hey, Dan. How are you?
0: Um, great! I got to marry my own true
2: love. Well, exactly right, and and uh, that's that's at least that's at least two of us. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And at least
0: Dan, will have, we want Dan to have the right to marry exactly his own true right.
2: Love. Exactly right.
0: So, what is Congress doing in that regard?
2: Well, Congress last week uh, e- enacted uh, a statute. Uh, a new law called the Respect for Marriage Act that is designed to use the power of the federal government to the extent that it's available um, to assure that everybody has the right to marry their true love. Um, And, of course, the reason uh, why Congress did this, as I think Bill Newman pointed out in this column a, a couple of weeks back, was because of fear that the Supreme Court might remove that right. Uh, Justice Thomas had suggested in the Dobbs abortion case uh, that not only should abortion rights fall, but all so-called unenumerated due process liberty rights ought to fall, including the right of, of people of the same sex to marry one another. So Congress tried to provide um, and I think probably has succeeded in providing at least a partial anticipatory response to the supreme Court's possible withdrawal of same sex marriage rights and you can see i 'm hedging a little bit and qualifying uh, a little bit i 'm not saying that Congress has done everything that they that they might have done or that we might wish they could have done to protect same-sex marriage. But what Congress did do is two really important things. First, for all federal government purposes, like uh, Social Security and veterans' benefits, and everything involving the rights of married people or the relations of married people vis-a-vis the federal government. And those are probably the two most important um, the federal government now, by law, will recognize um, all marriages, including same-sex marriage. So this is, this is a very important move by Congress because uh, it repeals a horrible statute that, that, that Congress passed during the Clinton administration called the Defense of Marriage Act which did just the opposite, that it, it, uh, it, it precluded federal government from recognizing same-sex marriage. And the Supreme Court, of course, struck that down in a case called Windsor uh, about a decade ago. But in light of the Dobbs decision, Windsor may be on thin ice, too. So Congress taking this step was really important. The second thing that Congress did is that Congress requires each of the states henceforth to recognize all marriages that are valid in other states uh, for purposes of the rights of the people who were married in other states in the state doing the recognizing. So if, for example, Wyoming doesn't recognize same-sex marriage and the Supreme Court says that's okay, because they overrule Obergefell, Um, Wyoming would still have to recognize marriages uh, from, let's say, New Mexico, which does recognize same-sex marriage. So this would mean that people who get married in New Mexico and migrate to Wyoming um, would be uh, protected. Now, this isn't everything. We don't have a federal same-sex marriage right. Uh, But there's a a very good reason for that, and that that is that Congress believes, I think accurately, that if Congress were to provide a uniform national rule of marriage, the Supreme Court uh, would uh, almost certainly strike it down. But Congress does have the power, I think even this court would recognize, uh, under the full faith and credit clause of the Constitution, to require states, even if they don't license same-sex marriages uh, uh, among their citizens, to recognize those marriages that are uh, brought into the state from other states. So that is what the bill does, and I think in describing what it does, I've I've also pretty much summarized what its limits are and what it doesn't do. It is for this Congress— uh, 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 a fairly remarkable statute because it's 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 an exception to the, the gridlock we usually uh, see. Uh, Congress also does the same thing for interracial marriage as it does for same-sex marriage. So all of these protections apply there um, as well.
0: So Bruce Miller, let me rewind the tape a little. You gave us a lot of really important information there. There are federal advantages to being married in terms of uh, social security, in terms of fair federal taxation and uh, taxes on spousal health insurance or uh, employment protections for family members or a safe harbor protection for debtors for family members. So we get it. All of that is going and to
2: be guaranteed. All of that is protected and protected, even if the Supreme Court were to say, oh, uh, as a matter of constitutional right, same sex marriage is no longer protected because Congress has the power for purposes of the federal government to regulate how the federal government will treat same sex marriage so all so let's of those protections are now codified
0: okay let's go back to wyoming yeah if, if a couple in uh in new mexico gets married and they're a same-sex couple and yep. they then move to wyoming if yep. wyoming also grants advantages to married couples under its tax code but yep. wyoming does not recognize it, won't license a same-sex couple, does Wyoming, under the Respect for Marriage Act, is it required to give those uh, taxation advantages under its tax code to that couple? It and absolutely if so, could you explain what faith exactly. in credit is?
2: Yes, it, yes, it would. Um, and this, this is an, an application of a part of the Constitution that, as a general matter, requires the states to uh, respect uh, the judgments made by the legislatures and courts of other states. It's called the Full Faith and Credit Law- Clause, which, which is a very, very important part of the Constitution because it, it, it underscores and reinforces the idea that we are citizens of a single country and that rights that we uh, get in one state by virtue of being citizens there are rights uh, that we can take with us uh, to other states. Now, the Full Faith and Credit Clause has a public policy exception and many states in in the 70s and 80s and before uh, used that public policy exception that the courts have recognized to exclude same-sex married couples from the benefits you just described. This statute would preclude states from doing that, would preclude states from invoking a public policy exception to deny rights to validly married people in New Mexico who move to uh, Wyoming. Not only must the marriage be recognized, but all of the benefits that go with that marriage must be recognized um, in the new state. So uh, this, this it really protects people who are married lawfully in any state in the United States. It protects their marriage rights wherever they go thereafter in the United States. And, and, and this is, this is significant and, and important. Right now, it isn't necessary because the Supreme Court decision in Obergefell recognizes a constitutional right to same-sex marriage and as a matter of due process and equal protection protects that right. But if the Supreme Court were to take that away, which, which I think is eminently possible, uh, then this statute would step in. And reprotect it, at least in terms of the recognition of the right um, in all states. When we talk about Clarence Thomas
0: suggesting, yes. obviously one of the great ironies, because he himself benefited by, by the rule in Loving versus Virginia that it recognized the right to have an interracial marriage, regardless of what state law said. But what is it about the overturning the language and the basis for overturning Roe versus Wade that gave Clarence Thomas uh, sort of um, the impulse to say, oh, now the same kind of thing might make us relook And the same-sex marriage.
2: Well, it it stems uh, from a a very important linguistic feature of our Constitution, and that is that our Constitution protects liberty um, from deprivation without due process of law by the federal and state governments. But nowhere in our Constitution is liberty defined. And what that has has meant, that it it has been the job of the courts to figure out what kinds of liberties count as constitutionally protected liberty. Justice Thomas does not agree with that entire enterprise of judicial definition and protection of liberty, because he believes that it is too subjective. And that judges simply make it up as they go along when they define a right that is not specifically otherwise named in the Constitution, like speech, as a liberty entitled to constitutional protection. Abortion rights are one of those profound and important liberties that the Supreme Court has rejected, or has now rejected, uh, but recognized in Roe against Wade and Casey so is same-sex marriage recognized in in Obergefell. So Thomas said in his concurring opinion in Dobbs, abortion rights are gone, and abortion rights are gone, in my opinion, Thomas's opinion, uh, because the whole idea of judicial definition of liberty should go away. And so with that... Uh, All of the other so-called unenumerated or not specifically named rights that have been protected as constitutional liberties would also go away. And that includes, of course, not only same-sex marriage, but also includes the right to family integrity, uh, the right to contraception, Uh, all of those rights, uh, while protected by, uh, uh, by the liberty clauses of the Constitution. Um, are not named in other provisions of the Bill of Rights. So the distinction here is between rights like speech and religion, which are specifically named, and the so-called unenumerated rights. And Justice Thomas does not believe in unenumerated rights, and so for that reason, for him, they all stand or fall together. And uh, they now, for him, would fall. That's why a sword of Damocles is now hanging over a constitutional right to same-sex marriage, and I would say even to a constitutional right of access to contraception.
0: Well, just one more question in the one minute that we have before we go to break, and and that is there is an article in the Bill of Rights, an amendment in the Bill of Rights, uh, the Ninth Amendment, that says just because we kind of forgot uh, yes. To enumerate a particular right doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yes. It, it, yes. It, does that speak to what we're talking about here?
2: Well, it does. The, the Ninth Amendment is 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 right on point here, um, and the Ninth Amendment has also been subject to a lot of interpretive controversy in the Supreme Court's history uh, because it 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 uh, while it while it, it 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 provides that the naming of some rights does not rule out others, that's not exactly the same, so say opponents of enforcement of the Ninth Amendment, that's not exactly the same as naming what those others are and saying that they do exist. It just says that the naming of particular rights doesn't mean that others don't exist, but not necessarily that the courts have the power to figure out what these other unenumerated rights are. So the Ninth Amendment has not figured very much in the court's decisions, um, but it could. It has the potential uh, for for doing so, but probably not with this court.
0: Well, we are going to continue this conversation. It's, it's December 12th. We have 13 Days to Christmas, and uh, forget the French hens and turtle doves. We've got Professor... Bruce Miller coming back with us right after these messages. Stick with us.
3: The touch of your hand makes my pulse react.
4: This is the afternoon buzz with that Buzz Eisenberg 1015 WHMP.
3: It's physical. must try to ignore that it means more than that oh, what's love got to do, got to do with it?
4: How did it come about that next summer the beaches of Nantucket will all be topless? We'll find out when we speak with ACLU of Massachusetts attorney Jessica Lewis who will be our guest Tuesday at 9 o'clock.
1: Get in on the conversation. Bill Newman. Weekdays at 9. And again
3: at 5. WHMP News, Information, and the Arts.
5: 586-1000. Good phone number, right? It's the number Whalen Insurance got when we opened in 1961. It's still our number more than 60 years later. If you need an insurance quote or have a claim, just call 586-1000. We answer the phone, ready to help. That's our pledge to you, until now. Now when you call, we'll answer. And if it's something clerical or routine, like an address change, we're going to transfer you to the Arbella Insurance Call Center in Quincy. You'll be connected with a real person there too. You won't be entering your policy number on the dial pad. The Arbella Call Center. I told myself Whalen Insurance would never do this, but insurance agent friends all over New England tell me it actually works really well. So we're going to try it. And if it doesn't work well, I'm sure you'll let us know by calling 586-1000. Wayland Insurance, local people, local service, local insurance, in partnership with our Bella Insurance. I'm Tony Warden,
1: President and Chief Executive Officer of Greenfield Cooperative Bank. I wanna wish everyone a happy holiday season and a safe and healthy new
4: year.
3: Hi, this is Teresa from the 63 Federal Street Office of Greenfield Cooperative Bank. I would like to wish all of our customers and their families a Christmas that's merry and bright, and a happy new year filled with love, health, and happiness.
6: Hi, this is Mandy. And this is Rachelle. From From Greenfield Greenfield Cooperative Bank. Bank. Wishing you and yours a Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah
5: and all the other holidays you may celebrate this season.
6: Hi, this is Jane Wolfe, Senior Vice President of Residential Lending at Greenfield Cooperative Bank. I'd like to wish you and your family a wonderful holiday season and a prosperous new year.
1: Hello, I'm James Alexander. Vice President and Commercial Lender located in Shelburne Falls. I want to wish everyone a happy and safe holiday season from the Greenfield Cooperative Bank.
6: This is Chelsea. And this is Maggie. From the Commercial Loan Department. We want to wish our family, friends, and customers a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.
5: Some people know how to prepare seafood. Seafood's delicate. You don't want a heavy hand. Some people have the touch. Some of those people are in the kitchen at Paul and Elizabeth's Restaurant, where there's a 40-year tradition of preparing seafood. Wisdom passed along through the years. That's why when you have fish and chips at Paul and Elizabeth's, or Faroe Island salmon, or tempura shrimp with that light and lively orange ginger sauce, it's perfect every time. Fresh Seafood, Paul and Elizabeth's, inside Thorns in downtown Northampton.
4: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
0: And we are here with constitutional law expert Bruce Miller, and we're talking about the Respect for Marriage Act. And uh, Bruce, when you started describing this, you talked about uh, the mid-90s, I think it was 1996, that President Clinton signed that... Dreadful, it was known then as DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act. Yes. Um, You know, I remember when Clinton got in trouble because of the Lewinsky affair. Yeah. I was thinking how ironic that he was the the one who signed Defense of Marriage Act. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I think it's so great that we've now gotten rid of the Defense of Marriage Act. But um, why do you think it is that Congress can't get it together to just Make the whole kit and caboodle lawful. Oh, that's, that is, a,
2: that's a very, very dusty. good question. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, and in order for, for Congress to, to, to do the, the, the full remedy, and that is to pass a federal law that recognizes same-sex marriage nationwide, Congress would have to do one of two things or make one of two assumptions – They would either have to take the view that we can and should have a federal law of marriage and divorce uh, nationwide instead of having it be a state or local matter. We don't have a federal law of marriage and divorce except for purposes of federal programs. And there's a lot of tradition to overcome for Congress to take over an area that traditionally the states have controlled and federalize it. We don't have national family law, and Congress could decide that we, that we should – Um, But there is a very good chance that if they did, the Supreme Court would say that that marriage and divorce law is traditionally a state matter. And Congress cannot supplant the state's role in general in defining marriage. The other thing that Congress could do as a way of justifying this would be – to to take the view that we are not going to uh, create a federal law, but what we are going to do is command that the states, in their own marriage laws, recognize same-sex marriage. And the Supreme Court, in many, many decisions, has held that this same amendment, the Tenth Amendment, which reserves power to the states, precludes Congress from giving direct orders to the states – at least without a very substantial financial sweetener. So there'd be a a grave doubt, I think, if Congress were to provide a federal standard recognizing same-sex marriage or requiring the states to do so, uh, whether it would be constitutional. And that's true not only for this court, but for the Supreme Court um, uh, historically. Uh, One example uh, of uh, of this phenomenon of limited congressional power – Congress just has powers enumerated in the Constitution, doesn't have a general power of legislation – is that the Supreme Court struck down back in the 90s a federal statute that uh, made it illegal to uh, carry a firearm in or near a school on the ground that that was an area of regulation that had been reserved to the states and ought to remain with the states. So I think that's the reason why Congress did not take this extra step. And and progressives have, have been – are divided, I think, on, on whether or not Congress should have done that. But it is it would have been a, a major step for Congress to – federalize a definition of marriage for other purposes beyond just federal programs. So that's, that's the short answer. I think uh, as short as I can make it to why Congress did not take the extra step.
0: Well, as usual, ever the professor, ever the educator. So my final question for you, Bruce Miller, since you are a counselor at law, and This yeah. is the Respect for Marriage Act. You've taught us so much about. Are you now a marriage counselor?
2: I, I am. Am not a, a marriage a marriage counselor. Um, uh, a, 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 as far as I can as I can tell, I have never I have never <laughs> been asked a question that has put me uh, in that role. Which I think attests to the wisdom of just about everybody who knows me. Nope. No, counselor, maybe. But, marriage counselor, definitely not.
0: Well, seriously, I mean, I am totally in favor of reasonable regulation, but there is no way that government should tell us who to love and who we can trust with our future and who we can share it with. So any inroad into that uh, frightening uh, event of yet another overturning of a, a right as fundamental to our everyday life, as the right to choose who to love. It's frightening, but at least Congress has gone this far, right, Bruce? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Bruce Miller. It is always such a pleasure to talk to you, both personally and as a radio host. You always do such a great job enlightening us. So uh please have a great holiday. And I look forward to our January conversation
2: on first Monday. You too, Buzz. Take care. Thank you.
0: All righty. We're going to be right back uh, with Megan Zinn. She's got a really special, uh, especially at this time of year, uh, guest to share with us. So stick with us. This
4: is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMT.
3: For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. The East Hampton City Council is backing a bill in Congress that examines slavery and discrimination in the U.S. and recommends appropriate restorative action. The Gazette reports activists in Northampton are also calling on their city council to establish a reparations commission that would examine the city's links to slavery and racism, as well as current racial inequities in areas like housing and employment. Legislators are continuing their work on plans for a robust east-west passenger rail system serving Western Mass and beyond. On Friday, the Western Mass Passenger Rail Commission met in Pittsfield for the first of six public hearings on the potential for expanded and improved passenger rail service, potentially connecting the Berkshires to Springfield, Worcester, Boston, Albany, and New York City. State Rep. Natalie Blay.
6: So it was clear uh, that given the momentum that we're seeing here in western Massachusetts that we needed to really take a look at the future of this network.
3: Blay says now is the time to move forward.
6: You know, Right now we're also seeing an influx of federal dollars that we could use on projects like this one.
3: To the north, another potential passenger rail line along Route 2 called the Northern Tier is going through a feasibility study. Fire officials are investigating the cause of a blaze at Ed's auto body and repair on Mechanic Street in East Hampton. The fire began shortly after 5 a.m. Sunday. Fire officials say the electrical service lines from the structure burned away and fell on the closest hydrant, rendering it unavailable until power could be secured. The natural gas line was also severed during the fire, contributing to the fire's extended spread through the structure.
1: For the rest of today, mostly sunny, highs 36 to 40. For tonight, mostly clear and cold, overnight lows 12 to 16. And the other for Tuesday, mostly sunny, highs in the upper 30s. I'm 22 New Storm Team meteorologist Adam Stremko on 101.5 WHMP.
7: One of the best savings rates in America is another reason banking with Capital One is the easiest decision. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank, Capital One NA member FDIC. Well, this is a true turning point for the early ski season as cold weather's locked in. Snowmakers are taking advantage of it, and the snow country crews taking advantage of all that fresh snowmaking, right, Leaf?
1: Sunday River snowmakers have been making it happen around the clock from long cruisers like Sunday Punch and American Express to risky business. I'm racking up those miles with confident turns on well-groomed, well-covered runs at Sunday River. I'm Leith Erickson.
7: What you said, skiing a half-dozen action till 7 every day. Stratton on nearly two dozen and over 30 trails for Killington now. Smuggler's Notch, a half-dozen. Same for Waterville Valley and Bretton Woods. This report brought to you by Smuggler's Notch, Vermont, America's Family Resort. where family funds guaranteed. Visit smugs.com. And with the Weather Channel and snowcountry.com, I'm Jason Dean. When
4: it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it.
2: Hearing the verdict and hearing the words racial animus were extremely painful, for certainly for myself and for the women and men of the Greenfield Police Department who really do go to work every day to serve. The people of Greenfield.
4: 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. At American National, we understand the tried and true farm and ranch lifestyle. And what's important to you is important to us. You deserve an insurance plan custom-made to meet all the specific needs of your agribusiness operation. American National offers flexible farm and ranch policies with package options to help better protect your livelihood. We're right by your side. For more information and to connect with a local American National agent, just visit americannational.com. American National Property and Casualty Company and Affiliates, Springfield, Missouri. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
0: Well, we got uh, our Christmas and Hanukkah preparations going. We, uh, you know, I mean, there's snow outside when you look out the window. (laughs) Today, uh, my spouse, Mm Marcine was making Christmas cookies and we have our list of Hanukkah and Christmas gifts. So it is a perfect time for Megan Zinn to bring in a guest who can help us with our Hanukkah, and Christmas shopping. That was the idea. What you got for us, mate?
6: Well, today, uh, my guest is Lexi Walters-Wright, and she is the owner of High Five Books in Florence, which I know is already a favorite of so many people in town. Um, and But for those of you who don't know what it is, it's an indie bookstore for young people and their caretakers. Uh, and it's in Florence, kind of on Route 9, halfway or so between downtown and Look Park. Mm-hmm. And it's in a the creative space shared with Art Always, which is uh, offers art classes for kids and teens and adults, and which my um, family availed themselves of for years when, <laughs> when my kids were younger. Um, and Lexi is, was a writer and editor for nearly 20 years before she created High Five Books as this wonderful community creativity space in 2019. Well, that's weird timing to open a business. <laughs> um, and so, well, with the holidays fast approaching, as Buzz said, uh, we're going to focus on how to buy books for young people mm-hmm. in your life. Um, Before I get to that, um, I want to ask a little bit about High Five. What inspired you to launch it? Sure thing. Um, Well, thanks for having me, you two. My pleasure. It was a
8: really interesting time. I had been um, living here in the Valley for many years as a writer and an editor and doing a lot of commuting to New York, um, living there for a week, a month, for Mm. nearly 10 years, and um, got real tired of that. Yeah. Um, And I have a, a young kid. I had a young kid at the time, and... It felt strange that as we were living in this area that was rife with amazing Mm -hmm. authors and illustrators, that we just didn't have a space besides the amazing Eric Carle Museum and and some of the other um, adult bookstores that was really geared toward young people. Mm -hmm. And as a parent... I was really needing a space <laughs> to connect with other families yeah. and to really, you know, have some fun um, with little people. And right. so, um, you know, teaming up with art always was a given from from the get-go. Very smart. You, well, thank you. Um, Lindsay fogg has been an institution mm-hmm, here in mm-hmm. the art scene. So, um, you know, and she was also my kiddo's teacher. Yep. It just felt like it was the thing to do. Um, and so in October of 2019, <laughs> we <laughs> oh, such timing! <laughs> it, it was a really interesting time. Um, you know, we we kicked it off, and we were totally blown away by the reception oh, immediately. Nice, nice. Um, we had we had started in a tiny space on North Maple Street mm-hmm. as sort of a a beta test. Yeah, you know, is yeah. this a thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, then it was the, a thing. It was a thing, <laughs> and the events of 2019 sort of unfolded. Um, and uh, during the middle of the pandemic, we decided a, a space up the street came up. It was almost three times the size. Yeah, we hadn't actually been open for <laughs> six months, mm-hmm. and we jumped on it. So, well,
6: yeah, that's uh, the... brave, very brave. Well, thanks. Right. Well, what did you? I mean, you obviously got through the pandemic. You're we still sure in business uh, and thriving. I hope. I assume you're thriving. Yeah. And what what helped you get through that period? What um, helped you stay in business? The families here in uh, the valley who oh. are so committed mm-hmm. to their. Kids learning
8: to the excitement that families find in books together. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the libraries shut down. There was no book access for a lot of families. Um, And so, really, what we were doing was private shopping for over a year where families would create these, you know, one hour appointments. Remember that birthdays didn't stop. Right? Holidays right. didn't stop. And so we were having these incredible exchanges with families on a one-on-one basis all day long and we just kept moving yeah. forward. Yeah. I mean and
6: it was um it, it seems like an obvious thing that people would go straight to is books to get through this yeah. period or the, or the i imagine you know the toy stores had a different kind of Absolutely. strong business i you know you weren't in business long enough to really know oh, right. to compare it it would be really interesting to there compare there was no baseline for yeah. us to
8: have a sense and also this was unprecedented right and we're oh, all tired right. of the idea of this having been an unprecedented <laughs> yeah. time but really we were just making it up as we went along. Yeah. And I think
6: that's what every retail business was trying to do. That's for sure. That's yeah. for sure. Um, my guest is Lexi Walters-Wright, the owner of High Five Books in Florence. Um, so let's get to the meat of the conversation sure. um, or the book of the conversation. So how do you go about choosing, um, and maybe you could talk about different, kind of sure. different age groups, um, a slam dunk gift book for yep. a kid in your life? Amazing. Um,
8: I would say the first thing to remember is that this is a gift. So we're going to lean into the joy Mm, of this being a gift. Mm -hmm. Um, This is not a time to push an agenda. (laughs) Um, A holiday book gift is not the time to say, I know you love graphic novels, but hear me out. There's this chapter book, like, let Mm -hmm. it lean into what your kiddo is really excited about. Do what you know they're going to love. Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. And if you keep that in mind, it's Kind of, uh, you know, the world is your oyster. You and the other piece that I think that is really important is nobody expects you to be an expert at books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, and that's just the the truth of it. That there are folks, your booksellers really do want to help you mm-hmm. find the perfect book. Um, and so there are folks that you can lean on, mm-hmm. um, in order to do it. And like our, high five books, like high five books, and yes. all the incredible other indie bookstores here in Northampton. Mm-hmm. Um, these are book people. Right. They want to help yes. for sure.
6: That's their um, joy.
8: But we do have a couple tips that we try to walk through when we're talking with families. Um, So the first is, you know what your kid is reading Mm -hmm. most likely. Mm -hmm. Think about looking for a new release by that author. What is their, you know, who is their favorite author, and is there something new Mm -hmm. that has come out that you are really excited for them? So there's a new Cat Kid Comic Club this series this season Mm -hmm. by Dave Pilkey. One of our favorite graphic novel series is The Witch Boy, and that hmm. author, um, Molly Knox Ostertag, just came out with a brand new graphic novel two Tuesdays ago called Dungeon Club, which okay. is a Dungeons and Dragons oh, themed one. Um, and so, you know, keying into who the person is yeah. that your kiddo tends to, you know, Rick, is it Rick Riordan? Mm-hmm. Of course, there's a new Rick Riordan that um, kids could get into. Um, And then there has to do, uh, you know, some of our advice deals with being a little bit sneaky. (laughs) So figure out what is the book that your kiddo keeps checking out of the library. Ah, that's smart. So is it, you know, the sequel to something that they have loved? Is it the Raina Telgemeier book that they just keep reading over and over? Um, You know, take a look and see what they've gravitated toward in the past. Um, And then in that vein, too, Figure out if there is a book in a series that your kid Mm -hmm. is missing. Oh, yeah. So if there's a Wings of Fire book (laughs) where your kid has not yet met these particular Mm -hmm. dragons, Mm -hmm. that is the book (laughs) to go straight to. Um, And your bookseller can definitely help you figure out which one. Yeah. Just describe the cover. Mm Look at it. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, And then one of our favorite is Replacing a well loved oh, book. That's a nice so, idea. for example, if your kid has a Pokédex, Megan, remember Pokédexes? Uh, yes. All of the listings of oh, Pokémon, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> um, most families who have those, they're dog eared, they're falling apart. Out of date, probably. Absolutely out of date. So, pick up a new one, um, they'll have new characters in it, your kid will be as excited. They won't necessarily throw out the old Pokedex, but okay. they may have a new one. Mm-hmm. But that's when things like the new Guinness Book of World oh, Records yeah. comes love out. love those
6: kinds of things.
8: And kids yeah. do too. They really do love them. Um, and then, you know, one of our other tips is choose something that you want to read with your kiddo, either something that mm-hmm. you physically want to read out loud to them. Yep. Um, one of the things that we see is so sweet is families who send one copy of a book to their recipient keep one for themselves, oh. and have this sort of sweet mini book club, just the two of oh, them. Nice. Um, and, you know, slip in a note as to why you chose it. Maybe it's, you know, R.J. Palacchio's new pony, mm-hmm. um, and, and you, you're sending it to a kiddo who loves horses. Um, they're just really sweet books that can kind of capture
6: the, the gift recipient's favorite thing. Um, and that's a great thing. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Um, my guest is Lexi Walters-Wright, the owner of High Five Books in Florence. I just want to add a little um, uh, anecdote that um, I remember for some reason when I was about in third grade, and one of my Hanukkah gifts was a book. And I remember being disappointed. I don't mm. know why. I was a reader, but I don't know what was going on with me. And it was Danny the Champion of the World oh. by Royal Doll it had just come out. And um, that's like one of the only Hanukkah presents I remember from my childhood. <laughs> I remember being unhappy about it, and and it, and it it's what I remember. And it, of course, became one of my favorite books. That's amazing. Of course, I was going to ask, so you <laughs> yes. did read it. Yes, and, and I absolutely loved it. Now, do you and, remember and s- who gave it to you? Oh, my mom. My, uh-huh. my parents. Um, and I still own that copy. Wow. Um, that's a I, sweet story. Yeah. So I think it's time for uh, we'll t- taking a break, and then we'll be back with my guest, Lexi Walters-Wright of High Five Books in Florence.
4: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. On
3: the rainbow race tonight, I could see into your window, although you're far away. You were racing in a car, beside a boy you just don't know.
4: buy a mattress online
1: there are at least a hundred websites that'll ship you a mattress rolled up like a burrito and stuffed in a box wait a minute you and your mattress will spend seven or eight intimate hours together every night for years don't you need more than pixels to know what it actually feels like maybe you could just lay on the screen and hi it's robin from talon furniture we mostly sell therapeutic mattresses at talon not temperpedic. not trying to mislead you Come to Talon Furniture and lay down on a therapeutic. I'll leave you alone. You can see how you are together. Therapeutic mattresses are clean. No toxic off-gassing. I've been to the factory in Brockton. Yes, they're made by fellow Red Sox fans. You like eating local, try sleeping local. Talon delivers and sets it up. We don't just drop a big burrito on your doorstep. You won't have to wrestle it through the kitchen or up the stairs. Talon Furniture, a real store, just down the hill from Amherst College. Looking for the perfect place to watch the game? Hi, I'm Caleb Hiliadis, head brewer of Amherst Brewing. Make the Hangar Pub & Grill your go-to spot to catch all the action this season. Our famous wings come with your choice of 26 flavors, and with 25 years of beer-making experience, there's an Amherst Brewing beer for every drinker. Now that's a winning combo. Join us for weekly trivia nights in Amherst, Westfield, Agawam, South Hadley, and Greenfield. Visit hangarpub.com for more of what we have cooking and brewing today.
5: good phone number, right? It's the number Whalen Insurance got when we opened in 1961. It's still our number more than 60 years later. If you need an insurance quote or have a claim, just call 586-1000. We answer the phone, ready to help. That's our pledge to you, until now. Now when you call, we'll answer. And if it's something clerical or routine, like an address change, we're going to transfer you to the Arbella Insurance Call Center in Quincy. You'll be connected with a real person there, too. You won't be entering your policy number on the dial pad. The Arbella Call Center. I told myself Whalen Insurance would never do this, but insurance agent friends all over New England tell me it actually works really well. So we're going to try it, and if it doesn't work well, I'm sure you'll let us know by calling 586-1000. Whalen Insurance. Local people, local service, local insurance. In partnership with Arbella Insurance.
4: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
6: And we're back with Writer's Block with Megan Zinn. And my guest is Lexi Walters-Wright of High Five Books in Florence. And we're talking about um, how to buy books for kids for the holidays. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, we just talked before the break, we talked about how to buy um, something, how to choose something for the kid in your life. But how do you choose something for a kid you don't? Excuse me, you don't know well. Maybe mm-hmm. your nephew that you don't want well to know or your kid's going to a birthday party and sure. you, you want to get a book for that. How do you how do you pick that?
8: Sure. So I think one of the things that we need to remember is that books aren't the only media that kiddos are consuming mm-hmm. in their world. Yeah, that's for sure. And so I think if you can ask a family member what that kiddo is watching, mm-hmm. what podcasts they're listening to, mm, okay. um, what sorts of movies they're seeing, which YouTubers they're following... Um, all of those are going to give you a glimpse into what that kiddo is really excited about. So, most members have books affiliated with okay. the online persona mm-hmm. that they've created. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my kid is obsessed with Stranger Things, okay. and nobody tells him, but he's going to get the box set of graphic novels for the holidays, and that is going to be a super win. Um, if your good. family has been, for example, watching um, a lot of Disney Plus new mm-hmm. TV shows this season, you know, The Mysterious Benedict Society is an incredible show. It also was an incredible series of books. Oh, good. So figuring out exactly mm-hmm. like what kiddos are also paying attention to in the rest of their life totally makes sense. Um, and, you know, when in doubt, giving a gift card and ah, an yes. afternoon of shopping together, a coffee... A piece of pie from the pie bar and swinging down um, is a really sweet thing. And even the most reluctant readers will open up once we start chatting with them about the things that they're Mm -hmm. jazzed about. Yeah, Um, yeah. Our team is really, really eager to sort of pull out the interests of kiddos who visit us. So that's a a fun activity for us as well.
6: Well, I think you go to high five first and then you go to the pie bar and you sit there and eat your pie and read your (laughs) books (laughs) Uh, and and get your kid to become that person, you know, that's early training to be sitting in cafes right That's what we want. Um, Well, how do you choose a book for a reluctant reader? If you have a kid, you want to read more, you want to get him him or her or them excited about something. um, How... Where do you go with that?
8: We First, you throw out all of the age ranges mm. that we think are predisposed to be yeah. matched to a kiddo. So mm-hmm. if you have a nine-year-old, it's totally okay to be showing them. If they're really into dragons, it's absolutely okay to show them the Kingdom of Renly series, which is a dragon series aimed at kiddos who are six to eight, but also are really incredible stories okay. um, that have some... Illustrations that kind of break up that reading process. Um, and ditto for, you know, a lot of families will come in and say, well, we have a first grader, but she's not really excited about reading yet. Picture books are always a great gift. You cannot mm-hmm. go wrong with a totally beautiful yeah.
6: picture book. And some of them are so gorgeous.
8: Absolutely. This season especially has been like a hot button, you know, collection of picture books. Um, Farmhouse by Sophie Blackall came out this year, which is so incredibly beautiful. Um, the new The Pigeon Will Ride the Roller Coaster um, by <laughs> Mo Willems oh, here locally. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a totally gorgeous one. A there's a new picture book called "Bathe the Cat," which is this queer family rom com, hmm. uh, madcap mm-hmm. chore list gone
6: wild, um, a real win for families. Oh, that's really fantastic. Um, do you um, do you have a book that you like? If that you that you recommend that you feel like is, I don't know. Are there any books that are sort of like would work for almost anybody? Yes. Like wonderful classics or wonderful new books that like. And You could work for any Absolutely.
8: Kid. Yeah. So, And when we talk about classics, I really am thinking a lot about new classics right okay. now. The mm-hmm. books that I think are going to stand the test of time for families from here forward. Um, and the book at the top of our list this year is Maisie Chen's Last Chance mm-hmm. by local author Lisa Yee. Okay. Yep. It is an incredible story about family and food. It is a book about um, the Chinese experience mm-hmm. in the U.S. Um, it is a absolutely riveting, fast-paced story with a lot of history um, Ooh, cool. and an unforgettable main character. It is a great read-aloud for teachers. Mm-hmm. It is an awesome one for families to read together. Um, I just love it. It's aimed at kiddos 8 to 12. That's what I was going to ask. Younger yeah. and older, mm-hmm. both are super, super jazzed by it. No big deal. It was nominated for the National Book Award. <laughs> you know, No big deal. No big deal.
6: Ah, that's about the Valley authors. We we have so many amazing authors. Isn't and, that the um, absolute so, truth? So celebrated, yeah, for are sure. Um, well, speaking of that, it, as you've named, you know, this book that clearly was one of your favorite yeah, recent books. Sure thing. Um, what are some of your personal favorites from this past year? Yeah, um, both. You know, we could, you know, picture book, middle grade, and young adult.
8: Fantastic. So my favorite picture book this year was uh, one called Everything Changes, and That's OK. Um, <laughs> and it was like a reminder to myself about how change is so inevitable. and Particularly right um, now. Yeah. It, it, exactly. Um, and if you are somebody who has trouble with flexible thinking, hint, hint, pretty <laughs> much everybody, um, it's a really, really beautiful meditation on the ephemeral nature. Of pretty much everything. And that is a picture book by Mm -hmm. Carol Dodd. Um, One of my very favorite emerging reader series Mm -hmm. this year um, was a new release called Riley Reynolds. There are four books in the series. Riley Reynolds is a non binary protagonist in a four book series. This is a book that is funny and silly. And Riley just happens to be both biracial and a a non binary kiddo. It's awesome Mm -hmm. to see um, in a new series. Um, I shared with you a little bit about Maisie Chen's yeah. Last Chance. Mm-hmm. We loved that one. Um, there is a series called Power Up, which is a new graphic novel series for mm-hmm. middle graders, that 8 to 12 range. Um, it is about friends playing videos, uh, video games together, rather. And as somebody yeah. who has a middle schooler mm-hmm. who is playing mm-hmm. a whole lot of video games, um, Power Up by Sam Nissen is totally rad. It's about finding out how the person on the other end of a video game may not be who... You think they are? Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. really interesting. fabulous. Um, and I would say that the other thing that I want to share so, much um there is a new uh book called how to keep house while drowning <laughs> this is <a laughs> sure grown... that's not an adult book <laughs> it actually this I one want that. is an adult book but we're actually recommending it also to kiddos who are either teens or mm-hmm. new college students mm-hmm. um for whom this past year has been really rough yeah um and oh, it's a three book... years yeah. exactly um and it's a book about giving a lot of grace to yourself during a tricky time oh that's beautiful
6: Thanks. Mm, take that out um And is there... Um, before we, as we wrap up, um, is there any like maybe one or two books that's coming out in 2023 absolutely. that you're really excited
8: yes. about? Yes. Our friend Molly Burnham, who also oh, lives wonderful. here in town, yes. oh, has yes, an incredible absolutely. new um, middle grade book. Um, and uh, Dottie Bing is the character in her new book. Mm-hmm. It is going to be an unforgettable sweet read. Um, also local graphic novelist and local graphic memoirist, Jared Krasaska mm-hmm. has a follow up to oh, uh, his um, Hey Kiddo from um, several years ago, and that comes out this spring. We cannot wait to launch that one. Um, That one deals with um, childhood cancer and sickness, Mm -hmm. identity, figuring yourself out in a world that um, is expecting um, a lot of young people going through a lot of mm-hmm. big, big things. Yeah, um, That's going to be a fabulous book. Um, that's Sunshine by Jared Krasoska. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well,
6: thank you, Lexi. My guest today has been Lexi Walters-Wright, owner of High Five Books in Florence, um, which is, if you've never been there, it's a fantastic little place, and it's on Thanks, Route is. 9 between downtown Florence and, and Look Park. And thank you for being here. Thanks for having and, us. Um, and yeah, go and, uh, if you don't know what to buy, um, go ask Lexi.
0: Come chat with our team. Come chat with the team. Thank you, Lexi. Thank you, Megan, for this week's Writer's Block. It's great, as always. Tomorrow and Wednesday, this week, we're going to be focusing on some food co-ops. The Common Share Food Co-op in Amherst is at bat uh, tomorrow. And on deck on Wednesday will be the Franklin Community Co-ops, which operates Greenfields and McCuskers. On Thursday, Brian Adams will bring in Hillary Cause-Elwitt and uh, they facilitate nature and environmental book groups at Forbes. Um, Dr. Jonathan Bayuk will talk about Suzanne Vega's benefit concert, uh, Benefiting One Roof to uh, House the Homeless. And then uh, we'll have Travis Drury, the chair of the Greenfield Community Preservation Committee on Friday, along with Duke Goldman talking about fair play, social justice, and sports. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great evening, and we look forward to tomorrow.
4: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMD. Live and local news and talk for Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. Northampton Radio Group Station.